So what'd you bring? It's a surprise. It's a su- well, you can see it. It looks like a <laughs> croissant. It's definitely not a croissant. You like uh, you and I have like similar food likings, I think. Yeah. You like cheeses, mm-hmm. charcuterie boards. Yeah. Salamis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my mom, I'm on her uh, tonight. We had dinner with my mom uh, before coming over here, and she knows I love, I love pastries in general, like any kind of. Like a pastry, not like a cookie, mm-hmm. but like a Danish or I love cannolis. You like cannolis? Mm-hmm. So I really like pastries. Um, and she brought over uh, my favorite pastry ever. It's my all-time favorite pastry. Very first time I had one was in Boston, Massachusetts. There's a place called Mike's Pastries in the North End. It's like the Italian uh-huh. area of Boston. And this Mike's Pastry has been there for Years and years. It's a really interesting place, too. It was funny because she brought these over, and my sister was over, too. And she's like, remember that time we went to Boston and we went to Mike's Pastries? And at Mike's Pastries, there's no line system to getting your order. Is it just chaos It's everywhere? chaos. <laughs> so it's legit. You walk in, and it's it's full from the door all the way to the pastry counter. It's packed with people. <laughs> and there's no lines. There's like six to eight people behind the counter doing orders. And it's the type of bakery pastry place where the string hangs from the ceiling and they make your box of pastries and they pull it down. They wrap it all up. They give it to you. And then you have to go down and check out it like the cash, the cashier down the, down the, mm. at the end. But to get up to the front, you're, it's like pushing, you just, you have to like force your way to the front. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like survival of the fittest. If you go in there and you're like all oh, like reserved and don't want to do anything, you're never making it to the front. What do you do if someone took the last chocolate babka? <laughs> the cinnamon babka <laughs> takes no back seat. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, my mom comes over tonight, and there's this place in Surprise called My Daddy's Bakery. Mm. It's right there off of like Bell. And... uh it's funny. She calls me beforehand and tells me she's bringing me my favorite pastry rather than just surprising me. I would like the <laughs> surprise, but she she brought it over. And uh, well, first, do you do you like pastries? Yeah, I've seen you eat like a cheese Danish before. Yeah, I l- scones. Do you like scones? I like cheese Danishes. I like scones. Um, like, what's your ideal pastry? If you could have pick any pastry to have, like, I don't. I like pastries for breakfast. Yeah. I mean, that's what a pastry is. It's not a dessert. Yeah. Right? I I, I think, yeah, pastry that is definitely more breakfast inclined. I'm interested. Are I don't know. at it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's good, but we'll get, I don't we'll get know, because you, you started asking about cheeses and charcuterie boards. Yes. That leads me to believe this is a <laughs> different type of pastry. <laughs> well, it's, it's similar to something I know you've had. Um, like, I like... Uh, yeah, like a uh, croissant with like the chocolate uh-huh. in the inside, uh-huh. or like. Uh, but you like a Danish with the cheese in it. Yeah, cream cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, cannolis with ricotta. Okay, right? so this is very similar to cannoli. Okay, but it's more of like a pastry. But I guess a cannoli is a pastry. I don't know. You'll have to, when a you cannoli is like a fancy chaco taco. <laughs> i've never heard it compared like that <laughs> poor cannoli <laughs> um 
so anyway, she brought these over, and I have a bunch of my house, and I, I eat them for breakfast. I like I eat them with my coffee in the morning. But what I thought we could do is, because it's my favorite pastry, I want you to try it. And uh, get my reaction. I just want to see like your thoughts. And maybe yeah. when you get it, you can just examine it, and you can let me know your first okay. first lookings at it, what you, what you think there. Okay, so it looks like... Kind of like a croissant. It's got like um, like a croissant that's made with the like extra flaky biscuit uh-huh. dough because uh, it's got all the like roughly flakes. Yep. Um, but it's shaped kind of like a mini like concha, like the <laughs> like the Mexican donut. It is, yeah. Um, all right. Let so me... these were made this morning. Oh, so it's super fresh. It's fresh, but you're gonna take a bite, and oh, I'm just—I just want to watch your reaction. Bite off this uh, end. That's my favorite end. So I say, <laughs> <laughs> I save that for the end because I'm gonna tell you how you make them in a minute. Okay. Because uh, it's not at all like a croissant. Okay. So but... I'll, I'll bite off this end. Yeah, there's like interesting layer, <laughs> lots of layers. Oh yeah, it's the best. Okay, I'm gonna smell it. I smell a light sweetness. I think this is is this flour or powdered sugar? Powdered sugar. Okay. On top. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely a light sweetness and like a doughy smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of just like ripples and riffles. You're gonna have to say what it is after I. I will. It's extremely hard to pronounce, and I never and say it right. So, so that so. people can try to look <laughs> it up for themselves. Okay, ready? Going in for the bite. Crunchy, maybe. Butter. A little buttery. Crunchy. Yeah. Sweet. Especially when you get to that back end. That's my favorite. It's like really crunchy mm-hmm. back there. What do you think's inside of it? It's almost got like a lemony flavor. It's orange. Mm. So it's cooked with orange zest. Like the act the whole peel orange zest. Like the whole thing is cooked into the into the mixture inside there. I was afraid I was gonna bite in and it's gonna be like <laughs> like gooey. Ham and cheese <laughs> like a hot pocket uh, yeah because <laughs> you're asking about charcuterie boards i was like this is gonna be a weird pastry man uh, yeah it's not bad it's yeah, it's, it's by far my favorite so what's it called <laughs> i hate to say it because it's so difficult to pronounce uh it's spelt s-f-a-g-l-i-o-t-e-l-l-a it's pronounced sfagliotella and it's an Italian thing, but the inside of the inside of it is the same. It's ricotta cheese. Oh, it is. It's a it's the same as a cannoli, but if you can tell the difference, it's not like a whipped. It's more of like a a bread, like it's fluffy kind of. This is ricotta. That has ricotta in it. It's oh, okay. the same filling as a like a cannoli, with other <clears throat> things added to make it more fluffy and airy, yeah. like a bread or a pastry with the orange zest built in. The outside of it is the my favorite part I, I i like bread like that or those those like biscuits you get that are layered and you can like pull them apart and there's all the layers mm-hmm. that starts when you make one of these it starts as a big square it's like mm. this big and it's as thin as like a piece of paper mm. which you can see so if you did that if you just kept pulling that it would just unravel oh, wow. into this big circle and they take it and they they put the the mixture at one end and then they fold it and then they just keep folding layers over and over itself and that's what makes that flaky what's these these little pieces i don't know is that part of the orange zest oh maybe yeah 
because orange zest is real bitter, but when you cook it, it releases the sugar, and then it becomes really sweet. Mm. These aren't anywhere as near as good as the ones I had when I was in Boston, and the, that's a mini. Oh, so wow. they're normally like this big, and you could share them. And usually you'd eat them warm, mm-hmm. and they're super soft and, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the back end's the best part. <laughs> it looks... Like a couple of different bodily objects. <laughs> so look up Sfagliotella. Just like that. And um Oh man, they're so you good. You can see what we're looking at. If you're if you're out there and you like pastries, this yeah, is this is really good. This is the pastry for you. So where can you get these? Mike's Mike's or not Mike's pastries. That's in Boston. But here in in Surprise. Any Italian baker would likely have them. But in Surprise, there's a place called My Daddy's Bakery. So specifically, like, Italian Yeah, it's an Italian. That's like an Italian pastry. Like, you wouldn't find that at a grocery store. You're not going to find that at, like, a donut shop, you know. Mm -hmm. And when they're warm, that inside is way more creamy and, like, really fluffy and moist. Mm -hmm. Um, They're great. I love them. So, yeah, now you have a little piece of uh, my my favorite pastry. Well, thank you for sharing it with yeah, me. Yeah, that's great. We might need to take a break while I finish <laughs> All right, so Doyle, you have been watching some things. Yeah, once uh, we recorded last time, <laughs> I decided to watch a few things. We had talked about Ad Astra mm-hmm. going to see it, and... Then we also had talked through your trip to Yosemite. Yeah. And Free Solo, the movie. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. And uh, I'd never seen Free Solo before either. And it's still on, I think Hulu? it's Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I watched it like the day after we recorded last. Were you just turning on Hulu and we're like, oh, yeah, I'll give it. I think I had come home and Mercedes was like in bed already or something. And normally we, we like watch The Office or something. So I was like, oh, I'll look around, see what else there was. I think I originally was like, I haven't watched Seinfeld in a while. I'm going to go to Hulu and watch some Seinfeld episodes. Mm-hmm. And then I had remembered we had talked about Free Solo and that it was on Hulu. So I looked forward to see if it was still there. And it was there. And I watched it. And uh, I was blown away. <laughs> that's, in, that's an insane movie. Isn't it? Well, documentary, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think I knew enough. Like I don't know I don't know if I've like ever had a knowledge of like what rock climbers really do. Mhm. Like I know I've seen pictures of people like climbing and ropes and like all the things that go into climbing. But just how physically fit and strong and flexible. Mhm. And really not crazy, but I mean what he did was pretty crazy. Yeah. And the fact that he like loves it. You know, yeah. like that adrenaline and that I don't know. It was interesting, the part in the movie when they're talking through. If you haven't seen it yet, it's been out for a long time, so you're okay. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, um, we talked about it briefly, but Free Solo is about a guy named Alex Honnold. Yes. And he is the only person to ever uh, climb. He's climbed many things as a Free Solo climber, which is... Fully unassisted, like him just waking up, going out to the bottom of the mountain by himself, 
and then straight up. And then going up no the parachute, mountain. no nothing to yeah. help, no nothing. Yeah, no no safety net. Um, he's done half dome that way. Yeah, he's done many things elsewhere in the world that way. Um, but nobody has before or since done El Capitan. Nope. Um, which is an oft climbed mountain, but uh, many people have died non free soloing. Yeah, like falling just uh, with on it. Yeah, it's basically pure granite and it's like what was it 1700 feet yeah vertical in the air yeah and i think it's more than that i think it's like 2200 feet or something if you i can look look it up oh (laughs) we're both wrong Seven thousand five hundred feet (laughs) 1522 7 Uh. thousand but the and that that sounds about right there's a there's a part of the mountain that intrigued me the most which was called the slab I don't know if you remember, like there was names. This is what I think really, well, sorry, I'll get, I'll get to the slab in a minute. Something that I didn't know about these climbers is. They know exactly the route that they're going. The exact route. And it's likely for like him, that route had been laid out before by somebody else. There was yeah. like multiple routes he could choose. And he did them every one, every day, over and over and over. Practiced every route. And the thing that blew my mind was, I don't know if you remember the movie. Have you mm-hmm. watched it recently? Uh, you probably remember may yeah i've seen yeah. it i've seen it a couple of times like the night before he goes out the camera's filming him in his in his van and he's like reading his notes he like journals it all and draws mm-hmm. it all out and he's like in his head or saying aloud going through every single movement like i'm going to stick my hand on this rock i'll let go with my thumb to yeah. rotate my hand 90 degrees yeah. to the right grab the weird shaped rock above to my left mm-hmm. like he goes through every single movement and then he would get to a certain point and be like, okay, this is where I can choose to go two different routes. I can go this way and I can try the, the, there was one that he ended up doing the boulder climb or something. The boulder problem. Boulder problem where he has to do like splits in the air. Right. He has <clears throat> to let go and fully kick out with his other foot and you catch himself like several thousand feet in the air. Oh my gosh. With just his legs, just yeah. so that he can then grab and, on and then release with his back leg. Yeah, and reach over. And, and reach b- over. Before, though, he before he releases to, to go to the point where he, like, is already in splits and then he has to fully release and then catch himself with both hands, he has, like, his thumb on, like, this rock that's, like, <laughs> it's, like, half an inch. Yeah, and that's and it. He, and he's using only his thumb to, like, keep that tension so he's, like, on the wall. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to put my other hand over there and switch my thumbs. And I'm just, in my mind, I didn't know. I mean, I knew it was intricate. But it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And then when they get to, like, the slab, it's just that massive straight surface up of pure granite. Mm -hmm. Like how slippery that granite is, you know. And he's getting his toes and fingers on just so minuscule little ledges. They're so tiny. And then when he gets to that massive crack that goes all the way up, he just like sticks his arms in there and uses like his arm being stuck in there almost to like mm-hmm. pull himself up, you know? Man, I was blown away. And uh I'm sitting there on the couch and I notice my hands and feet are so sweaty. <laughs> I'm like rubbing them together like like right now my toes are sweaty. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. It it's it's uh it's incredible. The way it's shot. 
is oh, so good, unbelievable. And that's what's el- that's what that's what that's also so crazy to me that he did that, and there was like ten other people filming him on the mountain too. Yeah, like they're like hanging off the side of this mountain and just filming him with a camera. I think they I they mention it. I think in the documentary, but I've watched many interviews with. Um, Oh, I forget the guy's the guy's name that made it. He's also a rock climber, but he's primarily a filmmaker. He made another movie about um a mountain in the Himalayas, uh also and like like some attempts on it. Yeah. But uh in interviews and stuff, just talking about how like there's less than fifteen people in the world that could even be on the crew for this movie. Yeah. For this documentary film. Because yeah. you have not only do you have to be a really good like documentary yeah. film camera operator, like you also have to be like a world class climber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I thought like in the in the middle of the documentary they had him do like an MRI. Mm-hmm. And they went through and like looked at his brain to see if there was like anything different about him and the way he manages risk and looks for joy. Um, it was pretty interesting, like the fact that he has to go so far to find joy in what he enjoys to even even get uh, anything out of that. Um, I don't know. That was like a cool part of the documentary too, like them bringing that into it as well. But yeah, uh, what do you think about his girlfriend? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think she was a need in the, in the <laughs> film at all. Um, at, sometimes I feel like it's like, oh, honey, you like feel bad for it. like feel bad a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they like bought a house and stuff too, which is uh, I don't know. But yeah, it's, I'd be curious to see where they're at. I wonder if they're still together. Yeah. I doubt it. You, you doubt did, it? Let I, me see. I I'll, have a feeling, I'll look it up. I have a feeling he's like after a few months, I'm out. But maybe I don't know. They bought a house together. Oh, they're still together? Oh, they got it. He got he won a gold for an Oscar? Uh yeah, I think they, I I think Free Solo won best document best documentary film. Wow, that's sweet. Yep. Um yeah. She was out there a little bit. I was kind of like irritated with her throughout the film as it continued on. Mm-hmm. And like what she needed from him. Like, man, this guy's about to climb 8,000 like, Right feet before he's about to climb. And possibly die. And you're wondering if he loves you. Maybe I'm just being over, <laughs> not sensitive enough. But you know what else, too, <clears throat> that I also have always thought this, and maybe I'm being judgmental. Uh, the climber culture mm. is, uh, it's just, it's a little, it's a, it's different than any other type of culture I feel like you see. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, like, they're all in their vans. Mm-hmm. They all basically live out of their van. Like, everybody that was in his little area at El Capitan had had a van like that. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, when it filmed through the streets, everybody had the same white van. <laughs> and he doesn't use utensils to eat his food. Did it's you like, notice that? He was, like, eating with a s- spatula straight from the straight pan. Straight from the pan. And if it was, like, a, not a pan, like a skillet, but, like, a pot... He would just like drink it, like put it up to his mouth and drink out of it, not even put it in a plate. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And I feel like I have friends who are like climber type people or they're really outdoors people. They love being in the wild, mm-hmm. you know, hiking and all those things. And they have a similar feel to their personality and their 
you know, who they are. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that. I just thought it was interesting when I was watching it and like, oh, they all just kind of seem the same. Do you feel like they need a uh, they need a fork? Is <laughs> they, that probably a spork? Like, we <laughs> we live in a society, people. <laughs> Learn to use utensils. Yeah, I uh, when we lived in Kentucky, we used to hike in the Red River Gorge, which. Nobody would know that, I guess, if you're listening and you live in Arizona. It's a beautiful, beautiful area in Kentucky. But it's a massive canyon, I mean, a big gorge. And you hike mm-hmm. down into the middle, the bottom, and then it's like a river that runs through it. And you can hike along the river and you can camp on all these different spots down there. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And when we would hike through there, I used to, I did a camping trip, like a backpacking trip through the gorge when I lived in Kentucky. And we came across this, like, pizza place out in the middle of the... Red River Gorge. Like it's like in a re- the gorge. It's like a restaurant out there. And it's like all these campers just stop there. And then behind it, there's a massive empty lot. And there's like tons of tents and hammocks everywhere. It's just like this camper commune of people that like stop in there as they're like hiking and camping. And they all look exactly the same. Did they have electricity? Yeah. Interesting. Was the pizza good? Yeah, it was really good. And they served other things there, beverages that were good too. <laughs> <laughs> Good but, after a day's hike. Yeah. But I just I just thought it was interesting after watching Free Solo. Like, I mean, I guess that's the way it is with anybody, baseball players, soccer players. Like, I feel like everybody kind of has their yeah. communal, like, style and niche. Cultures. But, yeah. Do you think, um, and you may not have, have seen uh, this movie, but it reminds me a little bit of, like, the Into the Wild guy. Uh, Have you seen Into the Wild? I don't know. Is that on Netflix or Hulu too? Is it a documentary? No, that one's... Um, Into the Wild. So that one's a movie version of a... What's that author's name? Oh, of a John Krakauer book. Uh-huh. And it's about this guy that like graduates college and immediately like abandoned i forget the inciting incident but like just feels like uh this sense of calling to the wild almost Uh but but like he like abandons his car somewhere and then like goes and just like starts hitchhiking eventually gets a van it's like living just out of the van off of nothing and just makes his his way way all the way up to alaska and and like eventually like the he started writing like a he like wrote this like pretty expansive journal and i think that's what a lot of the book is originally based off of yeah um but then he tragically accidentally poisons himself from eating something like out in the middle of nowhere yeah like foraging for oh. food and so he ends up dying alone in wilderness in a, in a van out in the wilderness. Who finds him? It took a long time. Like, it was, like, decades later that the van was found. And, and he like, was in there? Mm-hmm. True story. True story. Is it a book? It's Yeah. It's a John... And John... I, that, that, I think that's... That one and Under the Banner of Heaven are the two John Krakauer books I haven't read. Um, but Missoula and Into Thin Air, which is about 
the Everest disaster in the oh, mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, both of those are just riveting. Could They're not good. put them down. Could not put them down. Into the wild. That's a. I can't imagine being the person that finds that van. Yeah. Like come across that. Where would he have been that was so far removed? That decades. I don't know. Maybe it's not decades. Maybe yeah. I'm. It, it, my memory time. of it was that it was like, yeah, like a long time. And yeah. that like basically nobody knew what happened. It was almost like an unsolved mystery. Like like this, it it would be like you graduating college. I think he ditched his car in Arizona. Like he was from like the East Coast. Okay. Like just started driving. It is, his car like ran out of gas and he just ditched it on the side of the road. Is there a re- Did he... <clears throat> Is there a reason why he felt that calling? Um, like he was done with college, so he's like, "I think it was." I just need to get out and. Yeah, I think in and I th- I think this is what I feel is like echoed in like an Alex Honnold that we can all like. Uh, we I think everybody feels to some extent. Yeah. Um, but certain people, maybe climber culture people, that are like at that far end of climbing uh act upon it a little stronger than most people but just that like like i just want to i just want to blow it all up (laughs) like (laughs) like like no more like working to pay bills like i'm just gonna go live out in the wilderness and just relax and forage for food <laughs> like yeah. i think there's there's like a uh a call that people feel to different extents of like yeah. feeling trapped in society and not wanting to play by society's rules that like van dwelling peoples <laughs> peoples <laughs> uh i think uh feel probably a little bit stronger yeah, like I, I like I have an urge to like want to go backpacking and like go camping. Mm-hmm. And we were I was just talking about this with a buddy yesterday. Like, man, we should go backpacking in November on my weekend off and mm-hmm. go like hike into somewhere and camp and then hike out. Yeah. It's gonna it'll be cold. But who knows if I'll actually do that. Yeah. You know, like I like the idea of it. I we I talked don't... about this before. Yeah. Have we? Yeah, I wanted to live in a shire because it. Oh yes, it brings me back to like this idea of simplicity <laughs> and like. <laughs> every time I hear my ringtone, I'm like, oh man, I have the shire ringtone. <laughs> but yeah, there's like every. I think everybody. I don't know. Maybe not everybody, but it's like a common thing. I I go back to a yeah. little bit. I think it's the same feeling. Like I I'm not super interested necessarily in camping, but like. Um, like when I lived for a summer in Europe, and like, just backpacked around, like that same feeling of like, yeah. like you, you very quickly can live for quite cheaply. Like, yeah, it doesn't take a lot of money to get by. To get by, um, when you don't have a car and kids, kids, and you're just able to stay at a hostel in a room with like 20 other people and they have a free breakfast, which you can grab enough food for breakfast and lunch. Like things get real cheap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, is that what you did almost every day? Uh, anytime I could. <clears throat> so, but I think it's that same feeling of just like, like wanting to go and just do 
something. Yeah. And not wanting to play by the rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's intriguing. That's why I like Skyrim. Yeah. And games like that where you're just free roaming, doing whatever you want. Yep. Zelda. Yep. You know, those those types of things. Yeah, it was a just, very... Oh, what's that tall mountain over there? <laughs> oh, let's go climb it. <laughs> I got it all day. Yeah, it's a, it was such a good documentary, though. And uh, I think it's really inspiring, too, of, like, what our bodies are too capable of. Like, I think mm-hmm. sometimes, like, watching something like that just puts into perspective, like, if you work hard at things and you put in time, you're capable of more, I think, than what we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. I think that goes every area, but like, it's just inspiring to watch somebody like that. Yeah. I mean, that mountain face is insane to look at. I think it, it does a good job too of, um, asking questions about like, uh, like it does do a good job of asking like questions about like responsibility to like, not do something dangerous versus like, trying to accomplish something that's never been done. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an interesting an interesting piece of the documentary. Yeah. And it's pretty incredible. Are you a risk taker? Um, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you consider yourself someone that like I don't know. Someone asked me yesterday if I would go skydiving. Mm. And I said no. Never. I I probably <clears throat> would uh, go skydiving, but I think you have to do it like a whole bunch of times with somebody before you're like certified to jump by yourself. Yeah, I don't even think I jump with somebody that's a professional. Yeah, I have such a hard time with those that type of risk, mm. uh, potentially dying risk. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I get anxious about it. You're, it's probably the fear of not dying. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> The desire to not die. Yeah, it's a. Uh, as of late, that's been a, a constant thought of like mm-hmm. death, um, and those things like skydiving or climbing a mountain with no ropes or, you know, I feel like it's just something that, risk wise, I'm definitely not a risk taker. I've come to believe. Yeah, I am a man of routine. <laughs> and, <laughs> Organized planning somewhat and sticking to it. The the risk of death doesn't make you feel more alive. No, not <laughs> at all. Or for like Alex, obviously that's something he like thrives on. Yeah. Um, oh man, it just blew my mind watching that documentary. It really like is I would good. watch it again. Like yeah. I would, I'd watch it tonight when I get home if Mercedes was awake and wanted to watch it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And let my feet get sweaty again and just. Like that last climb, I was just, I literally on my couch, on the edge of my couch watching it. Yeah. And I know it's going to happen. They wouldn't have aired that if he died. <laughs> like, I know he's going to make it. <laughs> you know, I know he's going to make it. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is he makes it and he hikes back down the mountain and he gets in his van and he starts doing pull ups on that stupid thing that he has. Not stupid thing, but the little, you know, little thing he has in his van. He has like this plywood. They call it a hang bar. Yeah. And it has all these different finger holes and like holds on it literally like the very not even an inch of your fingers go in this thing and then you do pull-ups while you're hanging on it he does that right away right when it gets done 
It just it blows my mind. Yeah. That's definitely a different type of uh person. Like and different type of like muscle strength. Yeah. He was like ripped. <clears throat> I think in in an interview they don't show it in the documentary, but in the, in an interview he was saying that he like pops up over the edge and he's so excited and there's a couple of cameras there and like he like high fives the people and then he just keeps walking to walk down the mountain. And uh <laughs> and like right as he like goes to walk down the mountain, he like gets to like the spot where all the tourists that just like hiked up are like overlooking the view. And like he's walking past them and no they, nobody has any idea that he just like climbed this yeah, they, mountain. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And he takes off his shoes and is like walking back down the hiking path with no shoes. <laughs> And and a guy passes him and is like, "Whoa, no shoes! That's hardcore!" <laughs> <laughs> like nobody has any uh, idea who he is or what he did. Yeah, it's like everybody would know what, that something happened if he had fallen and died, but because he didn't, like nobody no one knows, even knows until they watch the documentary. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts, man. Definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So you got an email from uh, a subscriber. I did. Xavier uh, sent in a question. You, too, can send in a question, listener. Send the Ravens. Send me a Raven. <laughs> I don't know. Did they say send me a Raven? I don't know uh, what it is. Ready a ra- Are we too know. far past Game of Thrones to Maybe. talk through? Yeah. I think I'm, still, I'm still emotionally hurt that it's over. That's what I was going to say. I think everybody's st- still... And like a got di- a hangover, yeah. Game of Thrones hangover. Every time I see anything about it, I'm always a little bitter towards it because <laughs> it's no longer a show I can watch. <laughs> Anyways, uh, sorry. Yes. So send us your ravens <laughs> to ask to justins at gmail.com. Or you can slide into our DMs on Instagram, either works. Or Twitter. Or Twitter. That one's seldom but mainly the other two options. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we would love to answer your questions uh, on a future show. So if you don't follow us on Instagram uh, or don't have us saved as a contact into your email client so that you can quickly and succinctly <laughs> type out a question at a moment's notice. It could be any question. Any it, question. It does not have to be serious. It does not have to be about Seinfeld, although we wouldn't mind it. Yeah, we'd be happy to answer it. Uh, it could be about uh, coasters. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just naming things in the room. Uh, yeah, chapstick. I have very specific chapstick preferences, mm. but you don't know because you never ask me. And we're similar in our chapstick yeah. preferences. Yeah. So do you want so many things you would know that me and Justin have in common? <laughs> <laughs> if only someone would ask. So make sure to send in your questions. Again, at 2 gmail.com. Enough with the preamble. Xavier's question. Ready? How do you prepare for an all-you-can-eat buffet? Is there a strategy for the maximum food consumption? Gotta say, I like the direction that Xavier's wanting to go uh-huh. here. Because a buffet is only worth it if you can, like, eat enough to feel like you are 
winning monetarily over the buffet. Yes. As, as it as is you... with anything that you get that's like a yearly pass or, <laughs> you know, something like that where it's free. Not yeah. free, but <clears throat> you pay in advance. Their hopes is you will not eat the money's worth of what you yeah. paid. But I'm trying to think. I don't feel like buffets are that expensive. At Golden Corral, it's like 10 bucks a person or something. Have you been to one of those uh, Las Vegas buffets? Never. I've I heard been, they're pretty incredible. Been one time. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it was like $40. A person? Yeah. But then you got... Did you just... Steak, you got crab legs, you got... Was it good, too? It was like quality, probably? Yeah, yeah it was good. It was good. When I think of buffets in Vegas, I think of National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. Mm-hmm. When the chicken and the beef are <laughs> mixed up, and it's like blue and orange, and the lady just switches the signs. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks awful. Uh, I'm sure, sure it wasn't like that, but yeah, no this this one was this one was good. I think, I think it was. I don't know. I've always been a fan of buffets. I don't mind them. Yeah. Uh, the buffet I will not go to though is a Sizzlers. Ooh, but that's not really a buffet. The you last, like Sizzlers? The last time I went to a Sizzlers, it does have an all-you-can-eat component. Was it the same? We both went to a Sizzlers. Yes, that is the last time I've been to Sizzlers. And our friend threw up outside the Sizzlers. (laughs) Like immediately (laughs) as he's walking out of the Sizzlers. Why we stopped there, I don't know. Yeah. There were so many other options. I did not have a desire (laughs) to go to a Sizzlers ever again. We stopped, ate at a Sizzlers, and I still have no No desire desire. to return. There's nothing good at a Sizzlers. It's not even a buffet. There's like some options. Yeah. Like you order your meal. Or that entree or whatever. And then it has like a very minimal buffet. Slash salad bar. And cereal. There's always cereal at a Sizzler. <laughs> I don't know who they're trying to attract There's to. always like chicken nuggets in the yeah in the options. I, I used to go to a buffet growing up uh, all the time. Uh, Old right, Town? Yeah. Right yeah. on... Uh, it was like right by Arrowhead Mall on 83rd and like Bell, Bell Road. Yeah. Yep. Kind of tucked around in this weird corner. Oh, yeah. And I used to love, I'm not just saying this because we talked about it, but the chocolate milk at these places, yes. they're like those big metal like <laughs> handles. It's like industrial and it has that white nozzle that comes yep. out. Yep. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it sounded like. And it's like this, uh, it's so thick, like thick, viscous, <laughs> just. <laughs> But it was always good. I loved it. Yeah, that was. I, fun. I used to love. I used to love going to that buffet, and we used to go with like our family and stuff and different things. There's also another one on like Bell and the I-17, hometown country buffet, mm. or home style or something. But yep. yeah, I don't know if there's a strategy. I don't think I've ever been to Golden Corral. I went all the time in college when I played soccer. We would go as a team yeah. on all of our travels. Growing up in. Uh... Like when I was real little in Flagstaff, like after church, we used to go to um, Furs. Oh, I've been to a Furs. Yeah, but that's similar, right? It's not really a buffet. I you think... kind of like order as you go through the line, though. No. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think there is a buffet component, but you do kind of. It's similar to like the Sizzler style. Like you order an entree. Yeah. It's also like a Luby's. A <laughs> Luby's. I've never been inside a Luby's though. Is is that one on Bell and Sun no, City still open? Definitely no. not. That's like a stone and tile flooring place now. <laughs> uh, I remember going there as a kid. I thought I I thought it was so funny, 
But was it um, mostly old people in there? No. Yeah, because like I used to love first. That was l- like my favorite place. <laughs> I think because the dessert options, there was always like Jello and like pie and cake, and it was yeah. like, ooh, yeah. do I want Jello or pie or cake? Yeah. And, um, and if you don't like it, you get some more. Yeah, and so we moved to Surprise, and Luby's was the closest thing to a Furs, yeah. which I think there's a Furs. Off of like Grand or something. Still, it's still there. Dang, first holding on. Last time I was there was a long time, like elementary school. Old people love first. On my man. way home from the airport. So I remember eating at the Luby's and, uh, like, whatever we got, I just remember making the joke that Luby's is definitely for old people because it's like the food comes pre-chewed. <laughs> and that's all the food and that You're i just, just remember <laughs> it being feeling very bland and mushy yeah so the best buffet i've ever been to was in cancun oh our yeah our hotel on our honeymoon was all-inclusive Ooh. and the breakfast was always a buffet they had yes. like a few spots throughout the hotel they probably had like 10 of these spots but they were buffets yeah none of the restaurants are open for breakfast so this buffet bar was impeccable, like different options of French toast, different options of pancakes, Ooh. bacon, sausage, eggs, cereal, Belgium waffles. Like it was a, a massive spread for a, a buffet. Did they have that one guy that would like make you an omelet? Oh yeah, oh the best. That's always the best when you're staying at a place and then you like go to the breakfast and he's like, "Would you like an omelet?" It's like, like "Yes, I would." Yes, I would. Surprisingly, I went to Kenya this past summer. My mm-hmm. first breakfast there, I'm sitting in there, and this guy walks out with a massive chef hat and starts <laughs> making omelets on the order. I was like, "Man, this is this is it." So I had an omelet every morning. We're when I was living a kid. the highlight. Yeah. Anyways, though, this place was that was the best buffet, and then r- options for food. I considered it similar to a buffet because it was including the all inclusive, and I could get whatever I wanted any time of day. Any restaurant outside of breakfast time was open, and I could order everything on the menu, and they'd bring it all out. Dang. It was awesome. And there was like nine restaurants in this hotel. Did you take advantage of that? I'll take uh, one of everything. No, but I did order, like, I'd order something and eat, like, most of it. I was probably your typical American, like, just not eating all my plate and then ordering something else and then not eating all (laughs) my plate and ordering something else. We haven't really answered Xavier's question, though. Preparing for a buffet, what's there to prepare? So this is my the thought that comes to mind. We had this Mongolian stir-fry place uh, called Hoo Hot. I think there's one in Flagstaff now. It was a really good Mongolian stir-fry place, kind uh-huh. of like Genghis Grill. Don't know if you've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, the difference is it was all you could eat. So... Um, and it so you was, just took your bowl back up to the top, yeah, you or could, to the front. You just, or you just went and got a new bowl and filled it up with more stuff, and then gave it to them to cook, and they put it yep. in the bowl. You know, which is awesome because I liked getting smaller portions, trying different sauce combinations, trying yeah. to really dial in what I wanted on my sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we realized that before four o'clock, I think before four o'clock. It was lunch pricing. So way cheaper. So way cheaper. And there was a like a 
football game that we were interested in watching that started at like 4.30. So we came at like 3.30. We didn't eat breakfast, didn't eat lunch. We're starving. Get there for that lunch pricing. And then we stayed for the entire football game. <laughs> And kept getting and refills. They just kept getting refills. They didn't say anything to you about that. No, they were mad. They were very <laughs> mad. But I think that's the key. You you prep for best price. So if they have a price that changes between lunch and dinner, uh-huh. you try to uh, get in at the lunch price, but get the dinner option food items, <laughs> and then uh, you gotta you gotta make it your only meal of the day. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, because you never feel good after a buffet. You gotta get three for one. You gotta consume like twenty five hundred, three thousand calories <laughs> in one sitting. Yeah, so time is key. Give yourself time. Slowly pack it in. Yeah, I don't have any strategy. <laughs> I feel like you, in order to have a strategy, you have to pick to go to a buffet plus buffet place in advance. Mm. And I'm not picking to go to a buffet place in advance normally. <laughs> So I don't have any strategies. <laughs> I feel like that's what I would do, though. You you don't eat if you know you're going to one. Yeah. I, I don't remember, though, the last time I was in a buffet. Yeah. Me neither. Old Town's still there. It is. There's a Golden Corral off of uh, Dysart and no, Litchfield and Grand. I am not a fan of Golden Corral, though. After all the times you ate there. A lot. Like once a week for a year. Yeah. Because they could fit all twenty of us in there and just let us eat whatever we wanted, and it was probably cheaper than going somewhere else. But oh, I'm sure. Do you remember? Uh, did you ever eat at CC's? Uh, the pizza place. Yeah, yeah, they had a macaroni and cheese pizza. I I dug me some CC's. Yeah, some all you can eat pizza. Is that not around? I feel like that's still around. Uh, I th- I think so. There was one that used to be in Surprise. I don't know if they're still there though. It was good. You know, the buffet I used to love was Peter Piper. They had a lunch buffet. I think they still do. They do. It's like five bucks. Yeah. And you get salad there. They have that incredible cinnamon pizza, the cinnamon frosting. Oh, yeah. The dessert pizza. Oh, man. So we used to, in high school, my soccer coach, his name was Rick Anderson. Mm-hmm. He, ta- he taught at Deer Valley High School the, from the year it opened, and he's still teaching there today. So it's been like 30-some years since Deer Valley opened. Dang. Uh he would, before the season started, after tryouts and our teams were split, the varsity every year would have to run this really long run. It was like two miles to the mountain over there by Thunderbird up 51st Avenue. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have to run the mountain all the way to the top, run all the way down, and then run back to the school every year, one time. But it was on like a Saturday morning. So it wasn't even like midday, like midweek normal practice time. It's like now my Saturday morning, I'm going and, and yeah. running this thing. And then every year after everybody gets done, he took everybody to Peter Piper and just <laughs> loaded us up on this <laughs> lunch buffet. <laughs> and he was extremely cheap. We couldn't get anything but water. And uh, anyways, so that's why actually last time I've been to a buffet was Peter Piper. Dang. I went with Ryan Malone like a year ago to the one over there in Avenue, oh, yeah. Avenue. <laughs> they got lots of options. Have you ever heard the conspiracy theory that uh, Chuck E. Cheese uses leftover, like, uneaten portions of a pizza to cobble together a full pizza? Like, if someone leaves and there's, like, a half a pizza left, they save it? And put it with, like, 
another a, half. a quarter of this pizza and a quarter of that pizza. And then put it out for the buffet? Mm-hmm. Chuck E. Cheese or Peter Piper? Chuck E. Cheese. I wouldn't put it past them. I ain't going, <laughs> I ain't going to no Chuck E. Cheese. I think that the people have posted pictures uh, that uh, are probably faked, but let's see. Chuck E. Cheese pizza. So people posting pictures like that. Oh, my gosh. I totally misportioned <laughs> the crust. Like even line they up. don't even line up. So... I don't. I don't think I've ever actually eaten at a Chuck E. Cheese. Really? I I can definitely remember eating at a Chuck E. A Chuck E. Cheese a few times. Yeah, and I don't remember ever eating at one. And I think we had a Peter Piper by my a Peter Piper by my house, seventy fifth and Bell. Oh, yeah. And that was the one that we just always went to. There was a Chuck E. Cheese too on like sixty seventh and Bell. It's mm. a whole another mile down. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the Peter Piper over that. <laughs> it's okay. I think Peter Piper has better pizza. It's actually not bad pizza. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. So, Xavier, I don't know if that answered what you were looking for. <laughs> this is a, that was kind of a long, long <laughs> rabbit trail. But but thank you for asking. Yeah. And this is what you get, people. If you ask questions, <laughs> you will get a slur of things, and we'll get to it eventually. Uh. So keep submitting the questions. Find us on Instagram. Follow us. Let us know what you think. And now back to the show. So last time we uh, talked about another movie that you recently saw. Yeah. Ad Astra. And it was kind of relevant to... The topic? Yeah, we were talking about Area 51 and Uh whether or not we believe in aliens. Yes. And then you went and saw Ad Astra. Yeah, we went on Friday. We uh, had a, a date night planned. You saw it with Mercedes? Yes, and we another couple actually joined us for the date night, so they nice. came and watched it too. Um, Mercedes was not super enthused. <laughs> She's like, I've never even seen the preview for this thing. What is this movie even about? Mm-hmm. I said, it's going to be great. Just relax. You're in that comfy chair. It reclines. Get a soda. Just enjoy Get some it. popcorn. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we saw it on Friday. I was expecting, well, I don't know why I was expecting this, but in my head I was thinking, have, and if you haven't seen it, we're going to talk about it. So, Yes, so anything from here on out. If you don't want to know what happens in the movie, you should probably just cut out right now. Yeah, consider everything past right now spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. But I was assuming it was going to be similar for some reason to like Martian or something. Oh, okay. Like, in my mind, when I was going in to see the movie, yeah, I was thinking, like, Martian type, you know, going mm-hmm. somewhere where there's bases set up, you know, where they're doing research or whatever. And I know he's looking for his dad and all these different things. Obviously not that at all. Yeah, very different vibe. Obviously very far in the future of, like, we are producing civilizations on other, con- or on other planets. Mm-hmm. Like a moon base, a Mars base. Which I love the way they did, like the way they set that all up. Yeah, that's like when cool. he lands on the moon, there's like a subway and <laughs> some other restaurants, like in the terminal <laughs> he's in. And I was like, oh man, that's it's weird to look at that and yeah. think that that potentially, you know, who knows how far that could be like a thing. It's like classic humans ruining <laughs> the moon. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, I thought. I thought that whole moon part two, how there was like the dark side 
mm-hmm. where he had to go to take off from to get to Mars. Mm-hmm. And there being people on the moon that were like pirates. Yeah, that like, felt a little like weird to c- me. Claiming claiming land, like land it's hadn't like, been claimed yet. How many people could be on the moon? It's like crazy well, that there's like pi- pirates. Well, like once you're there, it's like a civilization. I guess so. Um, how do you even claim a spot of moon? You take your flag, you just stick it in there. That's what America <laughs> but did. then you have to build a... Uh, then you got to build like a base for yourself. What do you have to do to? You got to uh, have a lot of what do you expertise. To, what do you have to do to colonize? Yeah, from Martian, you, you have to plant crops. If you can get crops to grow, you've now colonized <laughs> that area. <laughs> Overall, I would give the movie like a seven mm-hmm. out of ten. I what, think what, that's fair. Yeah, I I I thought it was a little slow. It was definitely paced very conservatively. The beginning opening scene was exciting, and like the graphics of the movie were good. Mm-hmm. But he was on that antenna that just stretched forever into the yeah. sky, <laughs> and he's like climbing around there, and then he falls, you know. And I couldn't understand. I feel like they they very uh, quickly glanced over whatever it is with his heart rate that allows him to be do what he does. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. They talked about it briefly. Well, as he's falling in the very opening scene of the movie, he talks through I'm gonna he's like recording what's happening and I'm gonna lower he's like, I'm gonna stabilize my heart rate. I'm gonna lower it to keep from passing out. Yeah. Whatever. But then it like he talks about it later on or something too in the movie. He has something about his heart rate that allows him to like be calm and speak into his everyday journal, right, to be clear, mm-hmm. to fly into space yep. and do what he does. And he can lower his heart rate to make sure that he always gets cleared. Yeah, I think... But I they think, didn't really expand on that at all. I think it's just something about, like, um, like something about the society has so divorced, like, emotion from... Uh, the scientific pursuits. Yeah. So like you can't you can't function emotionally and go to space. Go to space at the same time. And so I think that's that that's kind of the idea behind it. Yeah. And he just seemed depressed the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was the intent. I think so. Whether it had to do with his father or not. Yeah. I mean, it just had, like, the movie, obviously, the main plot was always him going to space to find his dad on this, right? Yeah. But there was these other just little things thrown in there. So if you didn't see it uh, and are still wanting to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you're gone. That's okay. uh, His dad uh, disappeared uh, by Uranus in, in a spaceship and... Now that he was working on like a special mission, yeah, to g- he was going far enough out to be able to get better readings at, of distant galaxies, yeah, to get a better idea of like what other life forms are out there. And so he was scanning like the universe, and uh, then all communication just stopped, and now it's like two decades or three decades later Mm -hmm. and like massive electrical like 
storms are making it to earth making it to earth being produced by some sort of like reactor from that original spacecraft yes and so they need him they need uh Brad Pitt to to make it uh to Mars where they can have a direct like line of sight communication communication yeah. via like laser transmission yeah the the one thing too that caught me off a little bit was these electrical storms that were coming in from all the way yeah were threatening life as he kn- knew it on earth yeah i didn't i didn't get that part either yeah that could have had some more explanation yeah but um one thing that freaked the crap out of me was those space monkeys yeah dude that was crazy and after looking back at it i kind of laughed a little bit like nah, that was kind of bizarre a little bit but in the moment of watching the movie and that guy's like floating and he's like calling his name and then the monkey's head like pops up and he's like non on the guy's face through his yeah. face mask it was like a baboon i think they're like baboons yeah i i think uh they were like space or like a s- experiment yeah like, gone bad gone bad and um imagine that you're like in space and that happens and you're just stuck in this capsule yeah. with rampage monkeys when they were showing or when when like they showed the monkey uh-huh. the um uh my first thought was like because I did, I like I knew nothing. I didn't see a single trailer for like I knew nothing before about going this in to movie. see it. Yeah, and so I was like, "Are monkeys invading?" <laughs> <laughs> like I thought it was like a Planet of the, Planet Apes. Of the Apes type of thing. <laughs> it's like I have no idea. Yeah, you know what else too that uh, the couple we were with brought up was Liv Tyler was in it mm. for a brief second. Right, she was the wife that left him. That was it. Was Liv Tyler? Was it or like I? I remember seeing her in the movie and thinking that looks like Liv Tyler, but then I kind of reasoned there's no way that this is Liv Tyler. I the, my my thought when I saw her was she was in Armageddon, <laughs> another <laughs> space movie. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it was someone who looked like her. I could have swore it was her, though. It looked pretty close. It is. Liv Tyler. What's up with these space movies? Is this actually a sequel to Armageddon? To Armageddon? <laughs> um, but Ben Affleck's gone, so who knows? Tommy Lee Jones is in... Was he in Armageddon? No. Uh, oh, he was in Burt, Burt Space Reynolds. Cowboys. I mean, not Burt Reynolds. Uh Oh, what's his name? Who's the guy that plays in like, uh, well, he's the, like the NASA conductor in Armageddon? He was just on Bill Simmons. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to remember. It's not Burt Reynolds, right? T- uh, Sling Blade. Bad News Bears. Bad Santa. Married to. Uh, what's her name in the early 2000s? No idea. Yeah, what is his name? What is her name? Tomb Raider. <laughs> he was in Tomb Raider? No, he was Angelina in... Angelina Jolie. Yes. Yeah. Man, what was her... What was his name? <sighs> okay, I'm gonna look it up. Because now we have to know. <laughs> now we have to know. 
Billy Bob. Billy Bob Thornton. Is it Thornton? Thornton. Thornton. Tommy Lee Jones, though, he was in a space movie, Men in Black. <laughs> That's true. It's not really a space movie, but that was a really interesting scene, too, when he shows up on board. Yeah. I couldn't quite understand either uh, what was happening. I don't. Maybe I missed it or I, I didn't fully get it. But when Brad Pitt ends up on board of his dad's ship mm-hmm. out there, you know, what what had happened? Did it ever explain? Yeah. So this is why I think it was relevant to our discussion. Uh-huh. So what happened is his dad got out there and searched and searched, and the more he searched, the more certain all of the evidence was that there were no aliens. But everybody thought that there were aliens. Yeah, he was assuming that there would be aliens and could not find any aliens. Yeah. Which, in our conversation about do you believe in aliens, Yeah, like I think there's a very real possibility that like there could not be aliens. Yeah. Like we were talking about the Fermi paradox um, and how like... Uh, I think the movie did a good job exploring an idea that isn't oft thought about in science fiction. The idea that, like, like what if we are it? <laughs> like, like this is the only civilization ever, yeah, anywhere. Like, what if this is this is it? Yeah. Um, and it, like, drove him mad. Yeah, and it dro- drove him crazy because he didn't think that he was it. But... What that then nicely played into was uh, Brad Pitt and Liv Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was the idea of, like, detaching emotion for this scientific pursuit to find life elsewhere and to expand out into the universe um, and realizing that all that he had given up when in reality that, like, what you have is yeah. all that there is. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a good a good use of that idea to explore Yeah. that. Did he kill all those people on his ship? Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones straight up murdered his crew. <laughs> because they wanted to go back? Yeah. Surprisingly, they couldn't like overpower that guy? I know. A little bit surprising. You'd think... He's old. And you're... Wait like, for him to be asleep and then like space pillow him to the face. Or lock him in his little bed. It's true. Or you're in no gravity. Like, you're floating. How did he get enough? What did he do to kill you? I just... Does he have a gun? Maybe he shot someone? What happens if you shoot a bullet in space? I don't know. I don't think it goes anywhere. I mean, it goes somewhere, but I... I bet it go. You don't think there's any... Any uh, difference in a no gravity atmosphere for a bullet to travel... I think there's a difference, but it just won't be being pulled down to the earth. It'll just keep going. Yeah. To wherever until it hits a body that it's attracted to. Yeah, I think like if you hits shot if you just shot a bullet into space, I think it would just go because you're propelling it still and it would just go at the same until velocity it hits though. Something. Yeah. Could a bullet get into orbit around the earth? Probably. I think. I don't know. It has to really nail that. Like the perfect. Positioning. Yeah. 
Anyways, movie. <clears throat> yeah, I give it like a seven. What do you think about its its idea of us potentially being the only ones out there? I mean, it's the same as what we talked about before. I don't think I don't think it changed much of like my opinion on the universe and where we're at. Um, if we are the only ones out here, then that's it. Like I don't know. Should we be searching for other things like that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think that that the movie brings up a decent enough question too of of how much energy do we spend in the pursuit of trying to find what is out there rather than focusing on what we have. Yeah. Yeah, like how much better could I think we that's, be? Yeah, I think that's a fair question to ask. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and they just pose like, yeah. Like like, I th- like when he gets to Mars, there's people there that were born there and have never set foot on Earth. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible to think about. Yeah. Like that, when that girl said that or whatever, I was like, oh, man. That'd be an amazing... Like imagine going to Earth for her. Yeah. Saying, oh, I've never been there. Or like when he leaves... Uranus to come back to Earth. It says, destination, Earth, 268 billion miles. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> He's going to make it all the way back? Like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about to think about the size and uh, scope of space. Like, mm-hmm. like the distance between the Earth and the moon can fit all of the other planets between yeah. it and it's just nothing and it takes three days to get there like yeah it's like three days of of nothing before you get to the moon like there's just not thing there yeah nothing that's so weird. That like yeah. that it's so hard to like conceptualize. Yeah and in your head you're like well it's like the sky but it's but not. It's like, there's it's no not, atmosphere. There isn't. There's sky. no particle. Like there's no nothing yeah. there. It's just it's like an empty... light is traveling through it. Maybe like some space dust, but like it's not. What is space dust? I don't know. It's like leftover <laughs> particles from. Yeah, from like an asteroid collision or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's incredible, and that's what I think I liked most about the movie was the visuals, the visual and the entertainment of what could be in the future when it comes to like space exploration as far as civilization putting civilizations on other planets so you won't skydive <laughs> but I, I, I ain't going to space either i was going to say if they were offering a free trip to the moon and there was already like a moon museum and hotel to stay in so that means that we have flown there a bajillion times more or and less. it's basically air travel yeah the same yeah i'd go okay i asked the guy that was sitting next to me in the movie would you ever go to space in a heartbeat that's what he says <laughs> like not me man i'm out like these people that think they're going to mars is that still a thing yeah i well, i don't know if it's still a thing but those three guys those three college students that were selected <laughs> They were so confident and just excited. In my head, I'm thinking, you guys are nuts. Yeah, I don't know about going to Mars, but like... You don't come back. 
Like I would one hundred percent go to the moon. Uh or at least just like go into space and come back. Like you can take a plane up to like almost zero gravity. Yeah. And see like full curvature of the earth for a lot of money. <laughs> How much? I don't know. Listeners, if you donate <laughs> just one dollar <laughs> One day we might be able to go like how many to like, space when you think about space and traveling, like I think the reason i th- I say I would never go is because you hear of all the the times mainly I mean, how often do people go to space like astronauts like how often um, do people switch in and out of the space station at least a couple of times a year I, I believe so you like go and stay a stint up there, then you get to come home and be with your family. So it's like the military, kind of like you're on deployment almost. Yeah. So and like, there's a few different international. The International Space Station has different nationalities and countries represented up there. Yes, uh, it's like a joint, uh, like the Russian Space Agency, the European Space Agency, the Chinese Space Agency, and, and they have to send their own spaceships up there to get th- people there. I think they they actually um, the ISS has its own ISS um, parts. It's not a part of NASA. Like the ISS consists of different pieces. Here we go. ISS configuration. Nope, not quite. Like, there's technically, like, a Russian area of the ISS. Like a whole wing? Yeah, something like that. I don't... I remember seeing it... I think it was on a Smarter Every Day video. Like, would you take a, a, a ship to space to the ISS and stay there for, like, a week? Sure. If they would let me. I'd be super interested in that. Would you give much thought to, like, potentially the complications that come with traveling to space on a space shuttle? I mean, I would probably throw up. Like, I'd probably do really, (laughs) really really bad. I would probably not be the person they would want to to go. Yeah. Um, But, like, going to space and, and being in zero gravity, like, that's, like, childhood Justin's dream come true. Yeah. So I'd be totally for that. Yeah. I think I'd freak out. Yeah. I remember uh, Scott Kelly was the one that was up there for like almost a year. Uh-huh. I remember Brady on Hello Internet making a big deal about not actually being a year, even though they were advertising <laughs> a year in space. It was like, it was only 320 days. You think when you're up there for a year, you're still relevant with what's happening on Earth? I think I think they're able to to keep up with everything like it, that's like going. If you have an Instagram, you'll still be able to be on Instagram. Yeah, I think it feels a little. Uh, it's like just me in the space station <laughs> <laughs> taking a selfie. I'm sure it feels a little isolating, um, but I think he had different crews still coming up. You know. Yeah, so he was still like, like having a, some kind of interaction with people like coming in and out. yeah exactly it's just interesting to me too like when you think about the international space station and the different countries that are involved in that like how like how i don't know enough about it but like we just share it yeah who built it 
um, I think it was mainly NASA, but I think it was in conjunction with with other agencies. Yeah, primarily with the the Russian space agency. Why though? Why Russia? Um, because R- Russia is the next most advanced space agency. M- maybe not now, but at the time. Yeah. Um, now I would imagine like Europe has just as much space knowledge and China is probably China's getting ready to do their own thing. I think, I think they're getting ready to launch their own stuff up into space and they can, right? There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. I mean, I think technically you can launch stuff into space. The problem is you have to go through United States airspace airspace (laughs) to, to do it. So like, there's no, you'd have to like go out into the ocean, just launch stuff. Even then, it might get shot down. <laughs> yeah. You think it'd really get shot down? I don't know. They'd probably send fire jets on that thing in like 10 minutes. It'd definitely be concerning. Um, it's concerning that other countries want to send their own things up there and not have anybody be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's... Like, I feel like... Like, what's the point of the ISS and having all those countries involved? Why is it there? Uh, like, what does the ISS do? I mean, I know it does other, like, it does things, but, like, what's the main purpose of the ISS? Um, experimentation. Experiments in zero-G that we can't do on Earth. So, um... And if they're going to the moon, do they always stop at the International Space Station? No, I mean, nobody's been to the moon since before the ISS was there, so, um... Yeah, it's been a long time. Although I think NASA is planning more moon landings now. Huh. Um, recently, that's pretty recent news. But um, you know, like stuff that's easy to take for granted that you the you realize that we don't actually know. Like when you grow like plants in space with no gravity, what happens? It's like well, we can speculate about it, but until you actually fly seeds up into space and plant them in soil and water them and put them under uv lights um and have them grow like you don't actually know you have to do uv lights too what's gonna happen um yeah i think just like a grow lamp of some kind yeah um to to get them to to grow same with um scott kelly spending a year in space his brother mark kelly um also an astronaut was on the ground and they were able they're they're twins and so they were able to tell or or like that the whole idea of him spending a year in space was to like test him beforehand see what his body was like yeah and then test him afterwards and see how his body's changed and compare his body with his brother's body since they're identical uh. twins to see like what are the effects of being in zero gravity. I wonder what it was for a year. Yeah, you know, um, certain things like your eyes swell just all the time. Your your nasal passages are swollen all the time. Um, but it, it appears that there's no long term effects. There's yeah. no long term issues. Like you get back to Earth, your muscles are weak because they haven't you know, been using much. Yeah, they do resistance training every day um while they're up there while they're up there to try to keep their muscles from atrophying but yeah you're not 
like just standing takes a lot of muscle coordination on earth. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um so yeah, the, the, all all ty- types of stuff like that. Like we have to do all of this thinking through on the space station to even begin to plan something like sending a manned mission to Mars. Yeah. You know. That'll um, never come back though. Because because you don't want to you don't want to send people to Mars not knowing, huh, what happens if we spend a year in space? Like, does all of a sudden your liver turn to, like, liquid? Like, you yeah. know, like, you wouldn't know until you, like, yeah. did it. And then, you're like, oh, man, that's a terrible idea, you yeah. know? Yeah, So his brother, uh, Mark Ke- Kelly, is actually running for uh, Senate. So he's married. I saw that. He's married to uh, Gabby Giffords, um, the representative that was uh, shot like in like 2011. Yeah, yeah. Um, in like a fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, man, astronaut. Yeah, at Astro though, I'd probably see it again too though. Even though I rated it a seven. <laughs> Seven's still rewatchable. Rewatchable. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good. I like space. 